0: Welcome to Remain. We're Aaron and Trina.
1: This one is for the weary, those still in the middle of their story of marriage, ministry, or chronic illness.
0: This is a call to remain. Hello. Hello, and 321.
1: What are you coming down to? I was I was
0: giving you the date. What? It's 3 uh, 321, <laughs> March
1: I thought you were actually, I was meant to say something that you were counting down to and I was very confused for a moment. Anyway, welcome. This is episode number... 20! 20! Yay! So that that's is really... What,
0: like five months now? I think we started in November...
1: So that is exciting. We are excited to be at episode um, 20. Uh, We actually found out this week that apparently uh, you can have seasons on podcasts. Too bad we didn't know that before. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, so we decided that uh, 20 would be a good time to take a break for a couple weeks, and we will come back on April 11th. So I guess you can say this is the end of season one.
1: A very long season one, but hey, you're welcome. (laughs) I don't know if you're welcome, but... Anyway, so this is the last episode of season
0: one. And speaking of season one, you know what season one I liked? Oh, no. So there was a show. Okay, so so Netflix.
1: Has gotten progressively worse, we've ex- decided throughout this entire pandemic.
0: Except for the Great British Bacon Show. Yes. But someone told us about this Korean soap opera.
1: And it is probably.
0: And we're like, what? And we were both a bit kind of like iffy, like, no, like, we like baking, we like some action. And then after episode one, we were stuck. Well,
1: episode two, I think. It took till episode two, and then we were, like, hooked. It was, like, the best binge watch ever.
0: Ever. Best thing maybe we watched all year on Netflix. Now, we will not give you the title. No, if not just interested. on Netflix. I
1: think it's the best thing I've watched all oh, year. Wow. Well, okay. I don't. I haven't watched that much. Any. Great well, we didn't stuff watch anyway. Lord
0: of the Rings this year. <laughs> so if you want to know what that show was, you need to email or give us a text because we will not announce it. We will leave you in suspense. But it was great. Sorry, that just came to mind when you said season one.
1: Yeah, it was. It was so good that it was very long, by the way. And I'm like already waiting for the day that we're gonna watch it again. So Korean soap operas for the win today um yeah
0: overall i think it was a pretty good week is there any highlights you want to give from this week
1: well i think the biggest kind of highlight was the fact that we celebrated six years since our um since the what we talked about in episode 12 about our firstborn falling out the window it was the six year anniversary of that so anytime that that comes around it automatically becomes a good week for our family because we celebrate we do a big family fun day that's kind of the thing we do and so we went um to a mini golf place that had just mm-hmm. opened up we had amazing uh phonuts, which are like fake donuts Then we
0: will not tell you the name of the place you need to call us or text us it was great <laughs> it was the best are you just trying uh, to make people reach out yeah, to us yeah, so you I know how, so you
1: know how many people are actually no, listening to this
0: no, no. so it was great uh it was just kind of nice it was good different we're also enjoying the new time i'd like that change. we can have the dinner. time change yeah yes and we can have dinner and it's still light outside we mm-hmm. can go on a short family walk i'm yeah. sure many others kind of feel the same way
1: but there was some ways this has been a heavy week uh it has been a heavy week in our country uh we've been very very shocked and grieved with what a lot of the Um, Asian American community has been facing. And so um, that is on our hearts and minds. And that really just does not sit well with us. So we've been praying about that. um, And pretty saddened by that. So
0: and we've also had some conversations with some friends who are just going through a very rough, overwhelming season, just kind of unsure of where things are headed. And so we've been able to just kind of sit um, with them in that. And for today, uh, we wanted to introduce you to uh, a new book, a good book. Uh, here and there, we mentioned some books we're reading. We've done um, a lot of different types of podcasts. You know, we re- um, recently we went over Psalm twenty-four. Before that, we've talked about no, singing. Psalm forty-two. Psalm forty-two. That's what I. Twenty-four. I, I was saying that on purpose <laughs> so that people would realize and pay attention. I did. It, <laughs> I made a mistake on purpose. So gentle. And lowly by Dane Ortlund Mm. why why this book what do you think
1: why this book Um, I think this book because it really fits with where um, I think what hurting people need to hear Mm -hmm. um, hurting people need to hear about a Jesus who is gentle and lowly Mm -hmm. with them who's not kind of you know tough or mean or angry or frustrated or just like high and mighty above like what they're going through. It's a Jesus who is with them, who comes into their pain, who is gentle and lowly. So
0: and and I think sometimes we're tempted to give good advice to people in suffering and what they actually need is good news and sometimes we forget that we're quick to say you should do this or you should not do that or don't forget this. And I think instead to just give them the good news of Jesus is quite significant. So I read this book some months ago and just a week ago, I started reading it again and with the intent of discussing it with a few guys. And so uh, the intro and the first chapter was on my mind. And so we thought we would devote the podcast to um, this writing.
1: Mm -hmm. So I guess like one of one of the things that really stands out to me is about uh, maybe about two months ago, it was one of the first times that I kind of took a break from the kiddos and uh, Aaron said look just just go get a coffee lock yourself in the car if you need to if there's a lot of people around but just sit outside somewhere and drink a coffee by yourself journal read like do something and so um, I honestly confess I have not been doing that enough we just haven't had it feels like there hasn't been enough time Um, but it was really good to just get away for a little bit I bought coffee at one of my favorite places I sat in the car, with the windows open at a park, it was really nice, Um, but what I wrote in my journal kind of really puts into words something that I think I've struggled with for like a long time, I would say at least the last year and a half now, and it was kind of enlightening, when I wrote it down, I was like, huh, that is so, like, so precisely describes my experience. And it ties into the theme of this book. That's why I want to share it. So I wrote, um, Lord, the quiet disquiets me. Lord, the quiet disquiets me. I want to sit at your feet. And yet the inner world of my soul is so loud and filled with just so much. Um, And that has really been a struggle for me. It has been very difficult to quiet, almost that inner turmoil, that inner kind of uh, wrestling, that inner sense of like all these questions, all these um, just so much noise and and to be OK with quiet. I'm not OK with quiet. I really struggle with that. And I I know I'm not the only one. Um, You know, I've lived my whole life thinking I'm one of those people who's too much. And I know that's a lie, but I know there's others out there who feel like that, who would just, you know, my emotions are too much. I'm too much. And so I find it very difficult to quiet my heart before God. And yet that's what he's calling us into. He's calling us into kind of the calm and the peace of his presence. And so I feel like this book addresses that in some ways.
0: I, I think that quiet is really overwhelming and that's why we can easily turn to it's distractions scary. so yeah. as soon as we have a free moment we go you know to the screen mm-hmm. phone tv and whatnot mm-hmm. so that we don't have to address that lack of quiet uh, in our hearts um, not just
1: lack of quiet but almost like that quiet makes us have to look at the things maybe the ugly things in our yeah. lives that we don't want to look at that what well, you said we want to run away from those things yeah so um and it's so yeah go ahead
0: well, this is the, the book is based on this um, this very well known passage, and yet, to be honest, I don't think we know much of what it means. And I think the the writing kind of helped. Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, who is this for? This is for those who labor and are heavy laden. Mm.
1: And in the book, in the in chapter one, one of the things that he says, um, Dane Ortlund writes, you don't need to be sorry, you don't need to unburden or collect yourself and then come to Jesus. Your very burden is what qualifies you to come. So just this idea of like, you don't have to figure out that junk or that noise inside you or that weight, all those things that you're carrying, which my goodness, I know what that feels like. You don't need to like, figure out your life and then come to Jesus. Actually, no, your burden is what qualifies you to come to a Jesus like this to who Jesus is.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and so he says these two groups of people, those who labor, those who are actively trying to um, make their life more smooth, trying to on their own strength, fix and save the day, who are carrying all this on their shoulders, those mm-hmm. who are heavy laden, they are Crushed by the weight of issues, um, and so this is for them. And this one—did you just
1: say it's two groups of people—the the those who labor, those who, those who are, are laden? laden. It's also for the third group of people, those who are both. Because I think ah, I fit into that, okay. right? Those who labor and are heavy laden. So hey, if you're both of those things like me, you still get an invite to the party, mm-hmm. <laughs> party. <And> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> part party.
0: <laughs> and he says. Jesus Christ desire that you find rest, that you come in out of the storm outstrips even your own. Now, what did he mean by that? You you underlined that. Like, w- w- why? Yes,
1: I underlined that because when I read it, I literally choked up as soon as I read it. I just was like, I why can't. Why don't you read it again? I can't. I don't want to read it again right now. Oh, OK, uh, okay fine. Jesus desire that you find rest, that you come in out of the storm outstrips even your own. Um, That is really intense because it's this idea that, you know, we want rest, we're we're craving soul rest, right? I think all of us, especially this year, uh, year and a half, like with everything that's gone on and with the strife and the toil and the added burden of the pandemic and being away from people, um, we're all seeking for just refuge and rest. Um, And it's saying, Jesus desire um, for you to have that, for you to have that in him outstrips even your own desire for it. Mm-hmm. So that floored me like he's so loving and so kind in wanting that for us more than we want it for ourselves.
0: When he says that he gives rest, we need that because we don't rest well. Uh, we assume that we need to work and fix and save, right? We assume we need to juggle all this or else we're failing. As Christians, we forget that the price has been paid and the victory is won. We, we assume it's on our shoulders, right? Maybe that's you. Or maybe you don't rest well because you assume that only after this project or this task, this event, this date, then, then I will rest, right? Let me finish this. Once this week is over, once that is done, but we're always pushing the the deadline and that idea of rest is just so far away.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think maybe the third thing that you would kind of pointed out, Aaron, of why we don't rest well is because even if we physically rest, like let's say we're like, forget this, we've had it, we're going on vacation, right? And we go to physically rest. You go and you put your chair down and you sit at the beach for the day. Even when we do that and we physically rest, Often we are not mentally, emotionally, or spiritually resting. Um, we can even physically try to quiet our days. Like, you know, find someone to watch the kids and like just do nothing for like half the day, for example. But even if we quiet our days, we're not able to effectively quiet our hearts, right? It's much easier to quiet the outside, but the inside is where the real issue is. Um, so like, yeah, maybe we need a vacation, but we actually need a whole lot more than a vacation. We need a rest that's much deeper. Um, It kind of reminds me of something my dad used to share with me when I was younger. And um, my dad always had these little stories and anecdotes that he shared. And one of them I always remember is he would share this story about, and he loved sharing it. He shared it the other day with my um, eldest on Zoom. And I was like, dad, I know that story. But it was this idea of like, um it's there's an art contest and all these people are asked to like uh paint a painting that represents peace like rest oh yeah i i will, i just always rem- this reminds me of dad and so shout out to my dad i love you anyway so like it's this uh picture where sorry so all these artists go off and they're all drawing uh, painting uh images of rest peace and so uh, when the judgment comes the judges are going around and all these artworks really look like they're trying to capture like peace the colors are like muted or like very like light and um, everything is all looking so calm and happy in all the pictures and there's nothing like you know jarring or offensive nothing dark nothing dreary and then that's how all the paintings are until they come to this one picture and it's this one picture And that picture is turmoil. It's literally a painting of like this crazy storm, um, a tree like fallen down, broken, waves crashing against a rock. Like it's, it's, and it's very dark. It looks like there's lightning um, ripping through the sky. And um, the judges are standing there looking at this and thinking, this is not rest. And so, they kind of they find the artist and they bring him and they're like uh dude like what is this like explain what how this is peace and it the story goes that the artist points out that there's this tiny little bird um sitting on the tree that's like fallen down and broken in the middle of the storm and the bird is the artist said that bird is just sitting there and he's singing like he's He's at peace no matter like what's going on around him. And I think it kind of reminds me of this, like that is what's so hard to do. It's so hard like to find a rest that no matter kind of what is going on around us, our soul can be at rest. Isn't that crazy, that idea?
0: Uh, It is. And this is so foreign uh, to me. It's, It's very kind of convicting that as you're sharing this idea, right, that even though. Um, what peace looks like and what rest looks like and and how sometimes even when we're resting on the outside, we're not resting on the inside. Mm -hmm. As you were sharing that, I thought of three, uh, and if I keep thinking, I'll think of more examples, three examples where I was on vacation or at the beach and I pulled away for a moment and I was writing some notes on my phone (laughs) related to work, kind of a vision statement, Mm -hmm. ideas, because my mind was still buzzing right i'm Hmm. we were swimming somewhere with uh our son or i was at the beach and i was kind of just pacing on the sand just writing notes and i don't know why but it just shows (laughs) how messed up yeah you know our heart is and so for those who are laboring and they're heavy laden those who are hurting this is a passage that reveals the heart of Jesus and in the beginning of the chapter he emphasizes that out of all the chapters in the gospels We see one reference to the heart of christ now There are a lot of different doctrines about the nature and the work of christ essential incredibly important But here we see him we see his person. We see his heart. This is what drives him This is what directs him and so the passage mentions two words gentle and lowly
1: Mm. um he writes this about the idea of like gentle how jesus is gentle like what that means what that looks like he says jesus is not trigger happy not harsh not reactionary easily exasperated no he is the most understanding person on the universe the posture most natural to him is not a pointed finger but open
0: arms okay let me read that again the posture most natural to him jesus is not a pointed finger but open arms. do you believe that
1: maybe someone needs to hear that like a third time really maybe just to like sink into your heart
0: he is the most understanding person of the universe the posture now the problem is that we believe that we believe he's he has a pointed finger right we believe that he's disappointed with us we believe that he's um, just tolerating us, or that he's disappointed in saving us, but the posture most natural to him is not a pointed finger but open arms. And and he says that he is not just gentle, uh, gentle, but he is lowly. And when we talk about lowly, it, it it points out that he is he is able to be to come to our level. He is accessible. He is approachable. He is understanding so that means that you will never have a day where jesus looks at you and kind of says i have no idea what you're going through Hmm. he's able to come to our level no matter what it is that you are facing that you have done or that has happened to you uh, today and this week Uh, this means that his gentle embrace the author continues is never outmatched by our sins and foibles and insecurities and doubts and anxieties and failures, he can't ungentle himself toward his own any more than you and or I can change our eye color. It's who we are. So that's who we are, and this is who Jesus is. He, his very heart—if we did a X-ray on his heart, we would see right his heart beating with gentleness and lowliness
1: Mm. sorry I think on that just that idea of what you were just sharing about gentle and lowly you were saying the other week something about um how this is like the opposite of like a lot of Christian literature that you see out there a lot of Christian literature out there is this idea of like you know be strong like um leadership power like kind of like um these big kind of things that kind of like looking at um yeah. Like being powerful in Christ rather than. Oh, I was saying, yeah, how there are so many
0: it. books out there on like leadership or biblical leadership, um, how to be a good leader, right, how to lead well and, and this and that. And I was and not saying, that they're wrong. Like, no, no, yeah. not that they're wrong. But I was also pointing out that you don't really find books on biblical servanthood
1: or like about being weak as a Christian. You were saying that like,
0: yeah, being weak is strange and not really acceptable. I mean, there's a book on on weakness called Weakness is the Way. And that's definitely another week's episode. But we shy away from weakness. We assume that we need to be tough and strong. Um, We don't know how to handle weakness in the Christian life or in the church.
1: And yet it's kind of the opposite of what Jesus is here. Like not that I'm not saying Jesus is weak. Jesus is powerful, but his heart being gentle and lowly like he comes like a servant leader. He doesn't come like this. I'm going to rule over you kind of.
0: Yeah, and that's why it says in Mark ten forty five, as I think the key verse of that gospel for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mm. Um, mm. So he came as a servant and we are called to serve. And there are many verses about serving Not too many verses about leading, you know, from a place of like mighty strength and authority and so on. And so, if he has a gentle and lowly heart, um, we need to uh, strip away the onion layers of false teaching. We need to kind of unlearn and kind of strip away that smelly onion layers. Do you like the metaphor? Good? Yeah, okay. (laughs) So, so
1: smelly onion layers, um, I love
0: it. W- w- there's a <laughs> lot of, I think, de-learning and unlearning that we need to do. Uh, a lot of weird assumptions we've bought into because I think on the one hand, our theology is not always on the same page as our practical daily theology, right? In, on paper or in books, we can easily um, accept certain things. But when it comes to our everyday life, um, it's something else and, and, and kind of throws us off. And so we believe that, you know, God is love. And yet in our lowest points, we can very easily doubt that love, right? We believe that through Jesus, God is our father, but we don't live necessarily with that assurance that he is a father who is with us and for us. So this chapter, this reading was good to remind us of that,
1: mm-hmm. And it's kind of exactly like he says this. And this really resonated with me and just convicted me. Um, this is still in the first chapter. I think everything we've kind of talked about today is from the first chapter. Yeah, just to introduce the book. And he says, um, that's what we are all like. Confessing Christ with our lips, but generally avoiding deep fellowship with him out of a muted understanding of his heart. So... Avoiding deep fellowship because of this muted understanding of his heart of who he really is. If I really grasp what it means that he is gentle with me and that he is lowly, that he's not coming like as this um, you know, frustrated, like, why can't you just get it right Trina type of God because that's not who um, he is. Then I would draw nearer to him. Like I would delight in him more. I would uh, crave time with him more.
0: And so he says that my yoke is easy mm. and it's the same word we find in Ephesians four to say kind. So his yoke is kind. His yoke, the author says, is actually an unyoke. His, his, his yoke is what helium does to a balloon. Mm-hmm. His yoke is meant to completely lift us up, to carry us, to mm-hmm. not burden us because what he's bringing upon our shoulders is his kindness. Hmm. Um, and, and like I said, we assume that the the more important a person, the more uh, the person is of a higher status or the more power or the more money a person has, we assume they are less accessible, right? And so when we're able to meet someone with power or with money or with fame, we're completely marveled. We're completely amazed, right? So. Many years ago, I, um, as a young teen, I waited four hours outside the back entrance of the Hollywood Bowl because I knew that John Williams was coming, the composer. And my friend and I were, were standing there waiting, and the security guard said, look, he's not going to talk to you. You know, People have tried this. Um, people were, were doing research on his life, and they he just wanted five minutes with him, and he said no. So we're like, no, 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 Like we're going to meet him. And then four hours later, uh, you know, police escort limo, and out comes John. And we're like, "Mr. Williams, would would you please sign our CD?" And he just talked to us for a minute, signed our CD. Um, I could have given like a Star Wars CD, you know, or Indiana Jones, but I didn't. <laughs> I, I gave him my Sabrina, Sabrina soundtrack. Anyway, <laughs> are you so, sure
1: you want to be saying stuff so like
0: this? My point is
1: to the public. We were
0: so <laughs> wowed that John Williams, of all people, was was willing to just sign our CD. So we assume that the more status, fame, power, authority, money a person has. So then so then beyond that, we assume that because of his high and exalted position, uh, why would Jesus want to spend time with us? And that's the part where, where we're getting wrong,
1: especially kind of when we see the murkiness in our own hearts.
0: Yeah. But the truth is, he is high and above. He is He has all supremacy, he has all authority, and we are horrible sinners. And yet, right, the the surprise, the awe, the mystery is that he still comes to us, saves us, and gives us an easy yoke. Mm.
1: Um, He says near the end of this chapter uh, that we naturally think of Jesus touching us the way a little boy reaches out to touch a slug for the first time face screwed up, cautiously extending an arm, giving a yelp of disgust upon contact and instantly withdrawing. And what he says is that this is not how Jesus responds. Um, He says, we picture the risen Christ approaching us with a severe and sour disposition. And so his whole thing is if we are picturing Jesus like this, this is not true. And this is why we really need the Bible to remind us of who he really is and what he's really like.
0: And he is someone who is gentle and lowly. And especially as we prepare our hearts for Passion Week, which is going to start in a week, we encourage you to read the Gospels again to understand that this is the heart of Christ.
1: Yes, I have one bone to pick with this book. Only one. He used the word foibles. (laughs)
0: Really? That's how you're going to end this?
1: <laughs> I just did. Foibles? Who, mm-hmm. who says that? It's like an old English word. And it 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 just didn't make sense to me that he used that word. And I was
0: like, uh, no, he did wow, not. Well, I was ending on this high note. He did not just say that. Encouragement, Passion Week, and... <laughs> Sorry, it seems we have a foible in, in this episode. A
1: foible, yes. It's a minor weakness, if you didn't know, <laughs> or an eccentricity in someone's character. But see, this is how I know it's an old English word. It's also the weaker part of a sword blade.
0: Okay, so if you need to talk to <laughs> someone, if you need to reach out to us to talk about foibles, <laughs> or healthy donuts, or Korean soap operas, or, <laughs> jokes aside... Or to learn more about this book, please reach out to us. We hope you have a great week.
1: Happy Easter.